Hey guys, welcome back to the Real Talk Podcast. Chase here. Um, So I'm just going to jump right into it. So today we're just going to be talking about uh, Wild Card Weekend. Not going to get into UFC because UFC, there's not going to be another event until next weekend. Uh, Actually, two weekends from now. So uh, I'll talk about it in the next episode. But today we're just going to be focusing on NFL only. I'm going to be talking about wildcard weekend, so let's get right into it. <clears throat> Topic number one. Uh, my com- my bracket is completely broken now, uh, originally. Um, you know, uh, Patriots lost against the Titans. Um, and, yeah. Uh, I'm, I mean, I was shocked, I'm not going to lie, and at the time I was a little flustered, but now, I mean, I, I've come to terms with it. I can't really be too upset. I mean, it is what it is. We lost. Uh, Titans just played better than us. I mean, to a certain extent, because we also kind of beat ourselves as well. If, if you really, like, if you were to watch the game, um, Josh McDaniel's play calling is pretty terrible. I'm not going to lie. Like, in the first half, we were running the ball, pounding the rock pretty well. Um, and then after... After that goal line stand, we just didn't really run the ball after that. And uh, considering that we have no receivers that are getting open, it was a pretty bad idea to consistently pass the ball like we did in the second half. And I think that's what led us to our uh, to our downfall because we had 13 points at half and we didn't score after that. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I didn't agree with Josh McDaniel's play calling right there. I probably I probably would have done a better job as uh, offensive coordinator. So, uh, and I think after that, I think he was just trying to get the game over with, to be honest, and get ready for next season because he's probably going to be getting another head coaching job somewhere, um, considering how good he's been the past, like, 10 years. So but, uh, we shall see about that. But, uh yeah, the Patriots lost 14-13. It's a pretty close game. Um, I just want to say that Ryan Tannehill, even though he's been playing really good the second half of the season and when he became the starting quarterback for the Titans, which they do plan on bringing him back next year and making them making him their franchise quarterback for some years, um, he was pretty irrelevant in this game. We kind of took him out of the game. Uh, he only had 72 passing yards and one touchdown, and he had 15 passing attempts. 15, 15 passing attempts. Absolutely insane. Um, Derrick Henry was their workhorse. He had 34 carries, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, And one touchdown, their other touchdown for the game. Um, He balled out. He balled out against our defense. Credit to Mike uh, Vrabel, their head coach, for, uh, you know, he was a former Patriot. He actually played for the Patriots. He wasn't on their coaching staff, but he actually played for the Patriots. So uh, kudos to him figuring out that uh, our defense, uh, our defense's weakness was the run game. And they have a, I guess now a solid running back in Derrick Henry. In my opinion, he's a little overrated. I'm not going to lie. Shout out to Julian uh, because he thought that I wasn't going to bring that up. But yeah, Derrick Henry, in my opinion, is a little overrated. Um, considering how good his offensive line is. I think the Titans have a top three, top five offensive line. Definitely at least top five, but in my opinion, top three. Um, if you look at their if you look at their uh, depth chart and look at their line, uh, you'd probably agree with me <clears throat> if you looked more into it. 
But yeah, I think the Titans definitely have a really, really good offensive line. And they abused they abused the fact that we weren't really pressure like we weren't sending that much pressure. We we were only sending three and four at times. We weren't blitzing or anything, so they, they took advantage of it and uh because they took they took out Ryan Tannehill and they made them run the rock for them to beat us. And uh they did exactly that. So kudos to Mike Vrabel. Uh, it was kind of like a uh, it was a coaching battle, and he won the coaching battle because uh, Bill Belichick. I'm not gonna lie, he didn't he didn't make the best decisions that game on defense. Actually, he didn't even call the play fe- plays for defense that game. My bad. They had Steve Belichick, his son, calling plays for uh, that game. So kudos to him. Uh, the one thing I will say is that I think we would have had a chance of beating them. We had multiple chances, um, but some penalties kind of cost us. Uh, and uh, the last drive that we had, Julian Edelman dropped a key second down pass. Uh, he was wide open, and he dropped it. It was in his hands, and he dropped it. So I think that was like a momentum killer because we were driving originally, but uh I think that killed the momentum and really cost us the game. Um, even though I love Julian Edelman and I will defend him, he's the greatest playoff receiver of all time. And I think stats in the playoffs show he's second all time in every statistic behind Jerry Rice, the GOAT receiver. Um, and he's a solid regular season receiver, too. I, I mean, he's really in his career. He's one of the clutchest receivers of all time, but he was not clutch in this game. Um uh, but my final thoughts on the game is I think the, I think the Patriots, I think we beat ourselves, honestly. Um, uh, definitely could have been some better play calling for, uh, from Josh McDaniels because in the first half, when we had the run game going, when we were actually pounding the rock, that opened up the opportunity for us to use play action, which worked by the way, three times. So, uh, I think us not, you know, running the rock in the second half really hurt us especially after that goal line stand. And we should not have ran the ball three straight times on the one. I think we should have maybe did a play action, play action fade route to um, uh, Julian Edelman or Nikhil. Actually, no, 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 Nikhil Harry, because he's a big body. You know, he's a, he has a big figure. He's like a Julio Jones type stature. I think he's 6'4", like 220, 225. Like he's, he's a big dude. The big dude. I think we should have lobbed one up to him with his big hands. He's proven that he can get those jump balls. Um, he can't get separation, but uh, one-on-one coverage on the outside, I, I, I trust him to make that catch, especially in this game. I trust him to make that catch. But Josh McDaniels thought that we should uh, run the rock three straight times when ob- in the same way, too, in the same play, three straight times. Not a smart decision by him because they the defense read what we were doing. We were in the same formation every single time. Um, and I also didn't like how we handed it off the ball on third and one to our uh, linebacker who was playing fullback, who was in at fullback on a third and one. I don't like how we handed it off to him. I think we should have handed it off to Sonny Michelle and used him as a blocker. But anyways, I digress. I think we beat ourselves. But congrats to the Titans for moving on. Uh, and this leads us to our next topic. Uh, the Texans take advantage of the young bills and win in OT 22 to 19. Um, I just want to say that Sean Watson is amazing. Um, I don't think that Dabo Sweeney is correct about him being Michael Jordan, 
but I definitely do see a lot, a lot, a lot of potential for this kid. Like, I mean, I shouldn't really say kid because he's older than me, but he, he's amazing. He, he's really amazing. Like he, he has like some Aaron Rodgers esque to him. Like he's just able to make plays. He, he's a magician. He really is. He is a magician. The way he was able to avoid those sacks and set up that uh, and complete that uh, third down converting throw, like it was insane. It, it was it was ridiculous. He avoided two sacks and then um, or two tackles, I should say, and completed the ball and got that first down, a crucial thir- uh, first down on uh, an OT. So uh, yeah, no, Deshaun Watson, he's amazing. He's ridiculous. And he made another really clutch throw to set up OT to score them that last touchdown. And his touchdown run, which really swung the momentum from the Bills to the Texans in that, like, 42-yard run that he had uh, to score them their first touchdown. That was ridiculous. Like, that was, like, Lamar Jackson-esque. That was a Lamar Jackson-esque play. So congrats to him. Um, He even said in in his post-game interview that someone had to step up, uh, so why not him? So uh, I agree with that. Congrats to him. He They definitely took advantage of Josh Allen being so young and having no playoff experience. And that roster in general is pretty young. Um, I think in the years to come, I think they'll be a very tough out like they were this game because they were originally up 16-0. And a lot of Bills fans, and I saw on Twitter, a lot of Bills fans were getting really hyped up in uh, – a lot of people thought they were going to win the game. I mean, going into the third quarter, late in the third quarter, they were up 16-0. So it was it wasn't as bad as the Falcons <clears throat> the Falcons choke in uh, Super Bowl 51 a couple years ago, but it it was still pretty bad. But the thing the difference is is that the Bills are a young roster. Most of them don't have playoff experience uh whereas the Falcons have a lot of well, some of them had some playoff experience, and there there was a, there was a lot of veterans on that team, especially Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. Like there were some veterans that have been in similar situations like that. So, but anyways, uh, I just want to say that Devin Singletary is very crafty. I think he, I think he should be pointed out as well. Um, he made a lot of plays. He got a lot of first downs for the Bills, and Josh Allen is a runner. Is a really good runner. He had 92 rushing yards in that game. Like he's, that's really good for a quarterback. Like you don't see quarterbacks getting that many rushing yards in a game, besides like Lamar Jackson, of course, or like Steve Young or Michael Vick, of course. But Josh Allen, he can run the rock too. He he, he can make some plays with the ball if you give him the ball uh, early on in the game. That's that's really what set them up uh, for that 16-0 lead with him running the ball and stuff like that. Um, and he even caught a pass. He even caught a pass. They did a trick play uh, for the first score of the game. They did a trick play where he handed it off to Devin Singletary. Then he threw it to, or he lobbed it, or not lobbed it, but he like uh, flipped it to John Brown. And then Josh Allen went out wide uh, on a wheel route to the end zone and scored a touchdown because John Brown threw it. It was like a, it was like a weird flea flicker. It, it was like a weird sort of flea flicker type play. Almost, except the quarterback is going on a wheel route and he scored. So that I thought that was really, really creative play calling by Sean McDermott, which uh, he doesn't get a lot of credit, in my opinion. Two out of the last three years, the Bills have made the playoffs. Um, so I think he's a really underrated coach. So I just want to give him a little credit. 
for them even being in that position. Um, but I think down the stretch, he could have made some better plays or he could have called some better plays for sure. Um, and that led them to the choking. But my final thoughts on the game, uh, the Bills choked due to lack of playoff experience. And I think Deshaun Watson really willed the Texans to that victory. And also, I just want to shout out to uh, J.J. Watt for that really clutch sack uh, on third down. It was like third and 11, and he got like a nine, a negative nine-yard sack. It was it was really clutch to set up a punt, and that led to the Deshaun Watson 42-yard touchdown run. So um, shout out to him as well. I think that whole team, they just really wanted that win. They went out. They wanted it more than the Bills because the Bills didn't know what to expect. They've never been in the playoff. Well, at least most of their roster because it's a pretty young roster. They didn't know what to expect. Whereas the Texans, they were home, and they didn't want to get embarrassed in front of their fan base, and they just wanted it more. So kudos to them. But anyways, uh, next topic, the Seahawks edged the Eagles out in Philly. Um, If I'm being real, I kind of expected the Seahawks to win 17, or not 17-9, that was the final score, but I expected them to win. Um, I didn't really see Philly having a chance in that game with Carson Wentz or without Carson Wentz. Um, I just want to point out that Jadavion Clowney is a fucking clown. He's a bitch for that uh, helmet, helmet, helmet to helmet hit on Carson Wentz. I think that was a really dirty play. And I think he's a very dirty player for that. Uh, I think that should be pointed out um, to all those Jadavion Clowney fans. I don't know who likes him and who doesn't, but uh, he's a bitch now. He's he's literally I'm labeling him a bitch. Uh, let that be known. <clears throat> that was a really dirty play. Like Carson Wentz was already going down. The ball was down and or like the, the play was over and he just decided to hit him in the head. Like th- there, there was no point. That's a dirty play. Um, and I think he should be suspended for the next game uh, against Green Bay. So I just want to point that out. Uh, and I think the Carson Wentz injury really hurt the Eagles chances of winning that game. Like I didn't expect them to win with Carson Wentz, but I thought, they had a chance, but once he got out, once he got injured and they took him out, I think that like sealed the deal. I think the Seahawks, uh, and I think, I think the Seahawks even knew it because they played kind of conservatively as well after that. Um, and they ended up winning anyways. Um, I think Russell Wilson played like an MVP though. I think that should be noted for sure. Uh, he went 18 for 30, had 325 yards and one touchdown. And he had, uh, a very clutch throw to seal the game to DK Metcalf. And speaking of DK Metcalf, I think he should be pointed out um, because he played like a stud. He really did. He played like a true number one receiver that game. And I really wish the Patriots would have drafted him instead of Nikhil Harry looking back, but it is what it is. Um, I think the Seahawks got a stud. I think they get, they found a gem in DK Metcalf, especially with his size um, and his athletic ability, the fact that he ran a four three forty, which is ridiculous for his size. He's like six six, two forty, or two fifty, something like that. It's something ridiculous. Like he's huge. He is huge, and he ran a four three. Like that is fucking insane. So uh, he had seven receptions, one hundred sixty yards, and one receiving touchdown. The only touchdown that Russell Wilson threw. Um, Marshawn Lynch also had a touchdown. That was their other score besides the field goal. Uh, and DK also sealed the game with Russell Wilson's clutch throw. He went up and got it. 
over two Philly defenders. I mean, it was honestly a perfectly placed ball, in my opinion. But uh, DK, you know, he was able to jump up and get it. So it was it was it was clutch on both of them, both DK and Russell Wilson. So I think that really, I mean, it sealed the game. So I think that was, I think that was really good. Uh, my final thoughts on this game. I expected the Seahawks to win regardless, um, regardless of the Carson Wentz injury. That doesn't really surprise me, to be honest. Um, uh, prayers, prayers up to Carson Wentz though. Hopefully he, you know, recovers soon. Um, I didn't really see, I'm, I'm assuming he has a concussion. Obviously they took him out of the game, uh, put him in concussion protocol. So hopefully he, hopefully he heals up soon and, uh, is going to be ready for the next season. <clears throat> and it's sad too, cause he's always getting injured. He's always injured. He never, he never gets a break and I feel bad for him. And a little bit is his play style because he likes to make, he tries to be the hero and uh, make plays with the ball, whether it's running or like, you know, scrambling around the pocket. Like he tries to be Aaron Rodgers, but he's not. He has the ability to be like the athletic ability to be like Aaron Rodgers. But I mean, he's just not as he's not as like, he doesn't have that swagger. He has a little bit of the swagger, but he doesn't have that swagger. Like he's not that guy like Aaron Rodgers. Um, but prayers up to him. Hopefully he heals up soon. Um, but regardless, I felt like the Seahawks were going to win anyways. I thought they were the better team. Uh, I thought their defense was definitely better uh, throughout the year, way better than Phillies, especially their secondary. So, uh, but anyways, topic number four, I really want to cover uh, the Vikings, man. The Vikings came out with a close win over the Saints, 26-20, to 20, uh, an OT win. Really, really shocked the world. Shocked me. Like it was even it was even more shocking than the Titans because the Titans with Ryan Tannehill were seven and three, so they were a really good team. Uh, who knows what they would have been if they would have had Ryan Tannehill the whole year? Probably would have been like an eleven win team. Probably would have been an eleven win team and maybe even won the division because they creamed the Texans with Ryan Tannehill. They beat them thirty five to fourteen. So, um, I mean, if there was going to be an upset, that was definitely one of them that could have happened for sure that was definitely more of the logical ones that everyone would have picked this one man no, I don't think anybody had the Saints or, or anybody yeah anybody had the Saints losing to the Vikings like that is ridiculous um Kirk Cousins playing like he should honestly I'm I'm just gonna say it. he's playing like he played like he should have he played like he should have he played like the contract that they gave him he made a very clutch throw that uh, set up the game ceiling TD. Um, I think I think Kirk deserves some respect for that, and I like how at the end of the game he uh, he he used his one liner. He was like, uh, "You like that? You like that?" I like how he brought that back. Um, I mean, he earned it. He he deserved to use it. I mean, he played really good. He played like he should have. He wasn't. He didn't fold. In clutch moments, he didn't fold into the bright lights. He performed like he should have. So props to him. Um, Dalvin Cook, man. Dalvin Cook's a beast. Um, I remember before he went down last year, um, he was playing really, really good, putting up AP, Adrian Peterson numbers, and he went down, and after that, he wasn't really the same. Uh, but this year, he balled out. I didn't know what to expect going against the Saints and their defense, but he, he played phenomenal. Had 20 carries, 92 yards, two touchdowns. Absolutely phenomenal. Played like, 
played like AP, man. That was, that was like AP-type performance. Because um, AP is like a ground-and-pound kind of guy, and that's exactly what he did. He did his job uh, and did a little bit more. And I think that's what really willed them to victory, too, because they were able to run the rock against the Saints, which I did not see happening. But Dalvin Cook proved me wrong. Because that Vikings, that Vikings O-line isn't phenomenal. Right? It's not top five. It's not top ten. I don't even think it's top 15. I think it's in the bottom 15. Um, yeah, no, the Vikings O-line is not that sturdy, at least from what I know. So uh, props to him as well for, you know, really and, – and really good play calling out of Mike Zimmer too. For him being able to, like, call those plays and have having them run the rock like that, like, that takes a lot of guts, especially against a defense like that. So props to him as well. Um, I know at the end of the game, uh, in OT, there was a very controversial call or miscall, uh, about pass interference in the back of the end zone with, uh, offensive pass interference in the back of the end zone with Kyle Rudolph. Um, but honestly, I don't think it should have been called. I think, yeah, he might've pushed off a little bit, but I mean, the refs even said it, um, the refs let, let the call stand. Because there was, it wasn't blatant pass interference. Yes, you can make the argument that it was pass interference because he did extend his arm a little bit. But it's like he's six six. He used to play basketball. He's gonna make that catch anyways, regardless of the matter. Because he was going up against a six one corner, six foot corner. Like he's supposed to make that catch regardless. So I think that's why. I think that's why they didn't call it, and I I, I don't think they should have called it. If they would have called it, uh, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be upset. Uh, I mean, it would have been a good call regardless. But uh, I don't think Saints fans should be so upset like last year. Last year against the Rams in the NFC Championship, that was absolutely insane. That was blatant pass interference. Blatant pass interference. Like that. Like it. It was terrible. The refs really botched it. But I think in this game they did a way better job. A way better job. Uh, this time around. So uh, I don't think Saints fans should get too upset. I can understand why, because I was upset over the Titans loss, but they shouldn't get too upset. Um, and I think like today, since it's the day after, I think they should realize that mm, maybe it wasn't passing the fans. Because I mean, it really, to be honest, it really wasn't. But either way, I wouldn't have been mad. Um, Drew Brees, man, he's, he looks a lot older than he used to. He look, I mean, I know he's 39, but, like, he, he looked older than Tom Brady in that game, honestly. Like, the first three quarters, he had 73 yards passing. How about that? 73 yards passing in one interception over the middle. Like, that, that's not Drew Brees, man. I, I think Drew Brees is not – I think his days are coming to a close. I think father time has hit him. Faster than Tom Brady, because I think Tom Brady still has a year or two left in him, for sure. Do I think Tom Brady's a pole roller? No. This year, he did, he definitely did not play. Well, actually, no. Let me let me, let me me take a step back. Tom Brady didn't have the weapons that Drew Brees had. So, I think if Tom Brady had the weapons Drew Brees had, I think he would have been in the Pro Bowl this year, for sure, with how he played. But do I think he can continue that play into next year? And the following year, I think next year, sure. But the following year, probably not. I think he has one more Pro Bowl caliber year left in him. I think after that, he'll be like a game manager again, for sure. Uh, like I said in uh, a couple podcasts back, 
It's like the circle of life, how you how you start in diapers and then you finish in diapers. Well, Tom Brady started as a game manager, and I think he'll finish as a game manager. Do I think it'll be next year? Probably not. I think he still has one good year left in him. And then I think the following year, the year that he should retire, I think he'll have uh, a game manager type year. Um, but Drew Brees, he looked really old in this game. In the fourth quarter, he played a lot better, for sure. Um, uh, brought them the OT, but uh, set up that game-tying drive, that game-tying field goal drive. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. I think I think this should be it for Drew Brees, considering how the last three years have been with the, the Minnesota Miracle in the divisional round, which was terrible. The Saints really, like, they should have won that game. But they didn't because uh, I forget the safety's name. Number forty, yeah, number forty-two. Uh, he went to wrap him up, or he should have wrapped him up, but he went to like hit stick uh, Stefan Diggs. And Stefan Diggs got the clutch touchdown in OT to, or no, no, not in OT in the final seconds to win the game. Uh, and then last year, like with the terrible call in NFC Championship game, like that was. It was, yeah, no, that was heartbreaking. I can understand why Saints fans are mad. Um, I can understand why they're like so upset. But this year, uh, this year, uh, they just, they just got beat. Like the Vikings played better than them, plain and simple. They played a lot better than them. So, uh, my final thoughts on the game. I think the Vikings really shocked me by upsetting the Saints. Um, I did not expect them to win. Uh, and also, I just want to point out before we move on to our final topic of this episode, I just want to point out that Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill is really nice. Like he can throw the ball, he can run the ball, he can catch the ball. Like he's a multi-threat player. He can play quarterback, which they drafted him as a quarterback. He can play receiver. Uh, they had him in the wideout in the slot and as a tight end. Uh, in some plays, in chip plays, and then he was also running the ball. He even had a rushing touchdown that game and a receiving touchdown. So I think that speaks numbers. Um, and I think they have, they low-key have a future in Taysom if they don't continue with uh, Teddy Bridgewater as the backup. If uh, Drew Brees, uh, if he doesn't retire and they don't, or if he retires and they don't keep Teddy Bridgewater, I think that Taysom Hill will be solid for sure. He's made, he, he's, he's just such a great athlete. So I think he deserves a lot of respect. So I just wanted to point that out. Uh, but anyways, in conclusion, uh, I was two and four with my picks. Um, I mean the Patriots and the Saints game, the Patriots game and the Saints game, uh, those were definitely upsets. Um, I don't think anybody had the Titans beating the Patriots, or the Saints losing to the Vikings. Granted, uh, the Titans beating the Patriots wasn't as bad as the Vikings beating the Saints because I mean, we all knew the dynasty was going to come to an end at some point. We just didn't know when, but it would have made sense for them to lose. Whereas the Saints, it did not make sense for them to lose at all. Honestly, it did not make sense for them to lose at all. Um, but anyways, next week's picks uh, for the divisional round, I will give you my picks, my predictions. Um, so with the game number one, the 49ers versus Vikings, I think the Vikings momentum stops there. I think the 49ers are the real deal. I think they will definitely win the uh, NFC. I think they will beat the Vikings 35 to 21. 
uh, I really don't think it'll be close. I think Jimmy G and that offense will really like blow through that defense. It's a good defense. The Vikings have a really good defense. I'm not going to lie. They probably have a top 10 defense. Um, top 15, top 10 for sure. Um, yeah, I would say a top 10 defense. But uh, Jimmy G, man, he's he's the real deal. Like He is earning that contract. Um, but then the next NFC wildcard game, I have the Seahawks over the Packers, 21-20. to 20. Um, I mean, I, honestly, I really don't believe in the Packers. I'm not going to lie. Like, uh, I think I think this will be it. I think this will be it for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Like, yeah, they had a really good record, but it's almost like the Patriots and their record. Like, the Patriots went 12-4, and four, but were they really a 12-4 and four team? Mm, I don't know. I don't know about that one. So I think it's the same with the Packers. Yeah, they went 13-3 and three and they got a bye, but I just don't think they're better than the Seahawks, especially with Russell Wilson, how he's playing right now. He's playing at an MVP level. An MVP, like he's had a, an MVP caliber season. Do I think he'll win it? No, I think Lamar has that in the bag, and I will continue to say that. Um, but uh, And especially with how he played last game, I just don't see how he doesn't pick apart that Packers secondary. Now, their defense has improved from last year, for sure. It has improved dramatically from last year because Aaron Rodgers had to will that team to a win, to even a win last year. And now, this year, he could take a step back and let his defense make some plays for him instead. He didn't have to play at, like, you know, uh, an all-time great level because he did in this year. He had some flashes, for sure, uh, especially against, I want to say, Chicago, where he had, like, that six-touchdown game. That was insane. And that proves that he still has some gas in the tank. But I just, I don't know. I just don't see how they beat the Seahawks in their defense and how Russell Wilson, like how he's on fire. I just don't see how they, I don't see how they lose to the Packers. I think it'll be a close one though, for sure, because they both have solid defenses. But I think Russell Wilson will toss for three touchdowns. uh, And I think that'll be enough to beat the Packers. I think it'll be 21 to 20. Uh, moving on to the AFC side of things, I have Baltimore over the Titans, 40-17. to 17. Um, I really do think they're going to cream the Titans. The Titans have a really good defense uh, for the AFC, um, but I, I, that offense, like, I, I, besides the Patriots, I just don't see anybody else stopping that defense, at least going into the playoffs. I just didn't see anybody stopping that defense. And now that the Patriots are out, I don't see how anyone stops that defense. Um, which next week after the divisional round, I will give you the picks for the championship game and the Super Bowl as well. My predictions for the Super Bowl as well. Like I'll continue on the bracket, but for now I'm just going to give you the divisional round picks, but yeah, no, I don't see how Baltimore, uh, does not cream the Titans. I, I mean, 40 to 17 is my pick. Um, I just don't think that their offense can keep up with uh, Baltimore's offense, and I think their defense will really shut down um, Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Like I said, Derrick Henry is pretty overrated, and Baltimore has better pass rushers than us. So uh, I think that that will speak numbers. Uh, and then the final game of the divisional round, I have the Texans over the Chiefs, 31-27. to um, I think Deshaun, I think the Texans' momentum them and Deshaun, I think, will carry on into that game, and I think he will have a magnificent game. I think he will pass for 400 yards and have four touchdowns. 
uh, honestly, honestly, like I think he, like I think he caught fire in the second, definitely in the second half of that game against the Bills. So I think he will have like an Aaron Rodgers type game against the Chiefs because their defense is not good, and the Texans have a pretty decent defense. Um, so I think they, I, I just don't think the Chiefs can keep up with the Texans right now. I, I really don't, especially like with how bad their defense is. Like their defense is terrible. The Chiefs have like a bottom 10 defense. It's ridiculous. Like Patrick Mahomes has to try to score more than the opponent. I mean, obviously that's what you're supposed to do, but like they're de- like, uh, he's, he's afraid to give up the ball. Like as soon as he scores, like. He, he, he's afraid to go to the sideline because he knows that his defense will give up some points every single time. Like they can't force turnovers or, uh, you know, three and outs or punts regardless. So, uh, but I think the Texans momentum carries on into, uh, the divisional round. And I think they will go to the AFC championship game against Baltimore. So those are my picks for uh, the divisional round. And thank you guys for joining me on uh, today's episode Uh, hopefully next week's will be longer and we'll be able to talk about some ufc as well and maybe some more nba but this episode i just want to focus on nfl because of uh you know how big how big of a weekend it was for wild card so uh thank you guys